It's 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 3 o'clock in the afternoon in London, and in Sydney, Australia, it's 12 midnight. In Malaysia, it's 1970. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Yeah, I am wearing a button-down shirt tonight. Imagine that. Look at that. A button-down shirt, not a T-shirt. What is the occasion? What, what special is happening? Nothing. I just decided to put on a button-down instead, uh, instead of my usual comfortable T-shirt wardrobe. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a Wednesday. Yeah. There is so much going on. It is unbelievable. There's so much happening today. Um, and some of, it, some of it happening, like, as we speak. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up. And uh, we will start off the show, as we always do, by saying uh, thank you to StreamBeats.com, Harris Heller, Alpha Gaming, and the gang over there on YouTube. Uh, they supply all the music. Right now we're using this EDM stuff, just yeah, to change things up a little bit. I usually use the uh, rock anthems, but there's a whole variety of music there at uh, StreamBeats.com. If you are a streamer, whatever the platform might be, I'm on three platforms and our podcasts, um, so... It's free. It's copyright free, strike free, and free for you to use. So great deal there at streambeats.com. Thank you. They do not pay to be plugged on the show. God knows they don't need my help, but uh, we do want to say thank you. Um, it's Visak Day, or Vesak, depending upon what part of the world you are. And uh, yeah, uh, it is a big day for Buddhists. It typically occurs around the, uh, the celebration of uh, Buddha's birthday, the full moon, which is also going on tonight here in Malaysia, although we can't see it. If you hear in the background, you may very well hear a couple of big booms of uh, lightning thunder because we've had, uh, we've had a big storm go through the, uh, the area where I am. And uh, it's, been, it's been off and on all day, all afternoon. It was incredibly hot today, worse than usual. So actually, thank goodness for the uh, the storm and the the rain because it has cooled stuff off a lot. So yeah, we suck day. It's a national public holiday here in Malaysia. I don't know about other countries, but a big day for Buddhists that uh, believe this is the day of the Buddha's enlightenment and birth and I believe death also. It um. It's in uh, countries uh, extremely celebrated in countries where, you know, Buddhism is, is big. And Malaysia happens to be one of them. It's not the biggest religion, but probably maybe the second biggest, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, the third biggest religion is trying to get registered to have a vaccine. That's been what everyone has been doing for the last 24 hours. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, we had, you may have seen it wherever you are in the world, because it made world news. We had two LRT trains, 
LRT is light rail transit trains, collide face-to-face, boom. Uh, Fortunately, no one was killed. There were a lot of people injured. There were some very serious injuries. Some people are still in hospital in critical condition. Um, The chairman or whatever he was, and I say was, of uh, Prasarama that runs and manages the light rail transit system here, um, embarrassed himself a lot. Uh, I'm not going to make a whole lot of comments because, you know, I'm a guest here. I have to be careful what I say. But anyway, he was fired. Hit the road. But anyway, that so that's literally happened in the last hour or two or three. So that's going on. And most of my Facebook friends are are all. I I did see the press conference and. Yeah, there you go. Um, So (laughs) what everyone else was occupied for the most part of today is we have had a vaccine program here in Malaysia for a month, maybe more, um, and we are using the AstraZeneca vaccine at the moment. Pfizer's coming up, some of the other ones. But, um, and again, you know my position about the vaccines. I haven't taken one because, no, I mean, not that I haven't taken the vaccine. I haven't taken a position because my position is this, and it still is. A vaccine is your personal choice. You do you. I do me. I'm not going to make a comment about whether or not you want to get one. You don't want to get one. I don't like people who pressure people to get one. I think this is your own private, personal medical information, and it's none of your damn business. That's just where my head's at when it comes to this. So whether or not I'm going to get a vaccine and when and if I do, you won't know because that's my personal medical information. And it's none of your business. If that offends you, maybe this isn't the show for you. But that's where I stand. Having said that, it was very interesting today to um, watch people be frustrated. We have a strange online system on your handphone. And most people spent the day like a slapper at the casino on the games. This was what you did all day long. And in addition to that, there was uh, this. Select all... (laughs) These capture things drive me nuts. They are insane. If you've seen, if you're listening on the podcast, this is a visual, so bear with me. By the way, we'll talk about the podcast in a minute. But for example, this is a perfect example. Select all the squares that contain stairs. Okay, so let me try and line this up so you can see a little better. Okay, now here's my question. You can see my mouse, right? Is this a stair? Is that a stair? I mean, technically, I suppose it is. But what does the CAPTCHA think? Now, this one, obviously this one, that one, that one, that one, that one. But what about this one? There's a little tiny piece right there in the corner. Is it just the banister or is it the stair? 
And what about here, where you can kind of see a stair in through the banister? How technical are these captures? Like I said, you you know, and it's like select every square that contains a bus. And then if you if you look carefully way up in the corner of one picture, there's the ass end of a bus or something. Does that count? But I mean, this stair one is a perfect example of why these CAPTCHA things are so confusing. So we all had to answer the question. First of all, pick the one, whether it's traffic lights or stairs or buses or bicycles, whatever. Um, and then, of course, you had to um, you had to confirm that you're not a robot. Most of the time it wasn't working. <laughs> and most of the time our computers wound up looking like this. I love, I don't want to, this wasn't a, a, I don't think this was a public post, so I've hidden who posted it, but said, oh, well, I tried. The glitches in the application system need to be addressed pronto. <laughs> now, obviously, that's not really the guy's computer, but um, it's what I'm sure a lot of us would have preferred to do with our computers um, today. Yeah, trying to figure out uh, what happened. Mm. I did have one more, but we'll forego that. Uh, we got a new lockdown here under house arrest in Malaysia. It's, it's not quarantine. Quarantine's what you do to sick people. We're not sick. We are under house arrest. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of new rules. Restaurants and things can't be open after eight. And can I just say one thing about that? It, it, it's, I don't know if it, it's exclusive to Malaysia, but it didn't used to be that way when I worked in businesses that were in the service industry. And yes, among them was a restaurant. I worked in a restaurant as a waiter for a while. Uh, I've done a lot of weird jobs in my life. But in the U.S., in my experience, when your, let's say restaurant, when your restaurant closes at 8 o'clock, that means you take customers and orders at 7.59. You don't stop taking orders at 7.15 because you still have to clean up and refresh and get prep done for the next day so that you can close the door and lock it and leave at 8 o'clock. You take customers until 8 if you say you're open until 8. And then you shut the door at 8, you lock it, and you do all your cleanup and all your prep and everything else after 8. And you stay till 9 or 10 or however long that takes you. The way things happen here, they stop serving at 7, 7.15, because they're going to close and clean up and everything and then leave at 8. So you get home from work, if you're still at the office working, and you try and get some food for dinner, good luck with that. Not gonna happen. Ding, ding. Telling you. There's another new rule, too, that I'm... I'm just gonna stick this out there. Each customer is only allowed to be at the malls for two hours. 
I don't know how they keep track of that. Maybe they give you a big watch or something or a big clock with an alarm on it. But somebody posted this. <laughs> Each customer allowed only two hours at the mall beginning Tuesday. The Ham Association, which is the Husbands Association of Malaysia, hereby requests the government to make this new rule permanent. Thank you. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two hours, that's it. Get in, shop, get what you need, and get out. Why not? Coffee time. Sorry. Okay. Uh, other things going on in the news that we definitely want to talk about is uh, UFOs. I love the subject. Sorry, if you're not into it, you can skip ahead. But um, UFOs have been in the news recently, especially in the U.S., because the government has suddenly decided they're going to play ball and going to talk more about what they've been doing that they previously have either denied or made no comment about. Um, MUFON has been around forever. It's the, ah, oh man, it's, this thing is not exactly lined up here. Let me open it up a little bit. Here we go, live editing on the air again. <laughs> okay, it's still not exactly going to fit, but that's all right. Uh, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. They've been around for ages. Most people look at them as some kind of quacks and weirdos. But that ain't happening so much anymore because the U.S. government and the intelligence services and the military are all saying, yeah, there's something there and we don't know what it is. Um, cool subject. I have always believed in UFOs existence. Mm, I've always been fascinated by it. And now uh, certain things are coming out that say, yeah. They exist. They're real. To be fair, they're saying we don't know if this is some other country's technology that we don't know about. And if it is, we're in serious trouble. Or if it's something extraterrestrial. Uh, and I watched a video today with a person who's very close to the subject. Um, he's one of the people who uh, interviewed extensively uh, Bob Lazar. And um, he was saying that his belief is not so much, again, you believe what you want to believe. You do you, like I always say. But uh, he was saying that uh, he s more strongly believes that they are interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial, not of this earth. Uh, he believes they are from a parallel dimension, another dimension in the whole time-space thing, whatever. But anyway, yeah, um, these are all recent <clears throat> reports to MUFON, the Mutual uh, UFO Network. By the way, the government, I think, calls them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. I don't know why they go and change it when everyone else says UFOs. Obligated Orb, you're here. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, yeah, ooh, aliens, real. Maybe, maybe, but the maybe's getting a lot stronger. Um, these are some, this was from uh, February 16th of this year. 
um, delta-shaped objects silhouetted, silhouetted by the moon. Uh, I'm just going to run through these quickly. Uh, boomerang. This is not an actual photograph, but this was February 11th over Long Beach in California. Um, I'll tell you what, that the Phoenix Lights case, read up on that, watch the videos on that. The Phoenix Lights, Lights case is amazing. You're welcome. You, the studio audience loves it when you guys join us, so they always give you a round of applause for that. Um, what else have we, uh, have we got going on here? Uh, okay, multicolored sound and light show over Ohio. This also, uh, second, uh, let's see, February 8th again this year. This looks a lot like this one, except it's obviously a rather fuzzy photograph. Um, again, not the actual photograph. This is a drawing that was taken from the internet. And uh, this black chevron sighted over Tennessee in January. And uh, also in January, uh, near midnight of the new year, Jordan, three other witnesses sighted a yellow-orange sphere about 60 degrees above the high, uh, horizon in Beaverton, Pennsylvania. Beaverton located in their Appalachian Mountains there in Pennsylvania. And uh, the sighting lasted about two minutes. The object blinked, pulsated, and glowed, and there were no sounds. Very cool. Oh, look at this one. Mystery rocket launch over West Virginia. Uh, Webster Springs, West Virginia, about 15 miles southwest of Sutton Lake, rural town. And uh, this odd-looking thing was sighted. So, yeah, the reports continue and are uh, now somewhat being confirmed by the, um, by the U.S. government. At least they're acknowledging that, yes, indeed, something's out there. It exists. What would I do during an alien invasion? Hmm. Well, first of all, I'm I'm not so sure there'd be an invasion. Like, you know, uh, what was the Will... Was it Will Smith? What was the movie where they came in and they attacked and they blew up the White House and all that? Uh, Independence Day. Um, I'm not so sure... If indeed these UFOs are from another galaxy or another dimension, I'm not so sure we ought to be painting them as the enemy. Uh, so I'm not so sure I, I agree with the idea it would be an invasion. If it were one, there's not much we could do because their technology apparently is light years ahead of anything anybody has on this planet. <coughs> Excuse me. But... Um, but I'd really like to think that, moreover, they were uh, they were watching us. They were keeping an eye on what we were doing. Um, I know that a lot of what these unidentified aerial phenomenon have, have done is been over nuclear facilities. They've, I mean, this is proven. There is evidence. They've gone in shot a light beam down into the silos, deactivated nuclear uh, weapons. This is not Jay being, you know, a conspiracy nut with my tinfoil bodysuit on, forget hat. Um, these are documented, authenticated, evidence-existing cases of this happening. And they, they seem to be showing us, in fact, the guy earlier today that I was watching the video, um, said this said the same thing i i 
tend to agree that they just seem to be saying, stop screwing with this stuff. Stop messing around with this. It'll kill you all. And we can control it if we have to. I'd like to think that's the case. I know that there have also been cases where people have said, look, they're going to use the UFOs as the next big enemy. You know, we always have to have an enemy. We always have to have somebody we're fighting against. And that they would use the UFOs, wrongly so, as the next enemy we have to fight. I hope they don't screw this one up because this is not one you're going to want to screw with. So what would I do during an alien invasion? I guess I would um, just do what I'm doing now and wait for whatever happens to happen because I don't think there's much we could do. We'll see. Go to sleep and dream. That's what I would do. I would go to sleep and dream, which is a brilliant segue, a segue into my next topic, which we're going to talk about in just a second, and that is lucid dreams. You know about lucid dreams? I'll tell you about it in a minute. I want to uh, remind you that we are now a podcast. Yes. You can uh, hear the podcast of this show. It's the audio only. And um, yeah, lucid dreams. Can't wait. Um, you can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher with more to come. But all 65 episodes we've done of this show are now up as podcasts. And if you wouldn't mind, please go over there. It's free. Subscribe, like, share, listen, download, all those things. Here, there's a list there scrolling across the bottom right now on the, on the live show of where you can find us. And um, it, 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 it helps the show to listen, to download, to subscribe, uh, put it under your favorites playlist, and uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it might be. And please do that because it really helps the show. It's free for you. And it helps me out a lot to get the numbers up there. So indeed, Aquarius C, welcome. Good to have you on board. Listening over there on twitch.tv. We are on uh, Facebook Live. I'm not wearing pants as the channel. Uh, also YouTube and the Jay Sheldon channel there. And twitch.tv, J. Sheldon, no pants. And again, I just was talking about, please do, you can find us as a podcast. Tonight's episode will be up within 24 hours. We'll suck out the audio, do a little editing, and pop it up there on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And if you are listening there, thank you for listening. Appreciate that very much. Um, alrighty, let's move on into the other thing that I wanted to talk about tonight, and that is lucid dreams. Yeah. You know, whenever I think about lucid dreams, that song, Electric Dreams, do you remember that? It's, I think it was the 80s. Together in electric dreams. I can't sing, so... <clears throat> yeah, but I, that song always pops in my head every time I think about uh, lucid dreaming. I 
profound lucid dreaming. I mean, I've always heard the expression, but I never quite knew what it was. And um, I dug into it. I, I stumbled across a YouTube video, I think, talking about it. Um, oh, I know where it was. There's a guy I listen to who does a regular uh, YouTube show. Uh, his his YouTube handle is Thoughty2. Thoughty and the number two. And he does very cool show. He's got millions of subscribers, and the show is excellent. Check it out if you if you can. But he did an episode about uh, lucid dreams. And if you don't know, basically lucid dreaming is, for those who don't, when you are dreaming in your sleep, but you are consciously aware that you are dreaming, and you can control your dreams. Anything you, once you get good at it, anything that you imagine, you can make happen in your dreams. And so it's, it's, it's when your prefrontal cortex is still active, so you are conscious, but you are aware that you're dreaming while you're still dreaming. Gotta say hi to Misha. Misha, demigod of discordance. Ayo! Hey, Misha, good to have you aboard. We're talking about lucid dreams. So we just described what it is. And apparently, everyone can do it. Now, not absolutely everyone can do lucid dreaming, but a very high percentage of people are able to if you try. And it's not something you can just do. You have to kind of prepare yourself to do it. There's a few tricks. I'm going to tell you about that coming up. Um, but there are ways that you can make yourself better at having lucid dreams, meaning that you are aware that you're dreaming and you are able, if you really get really good at it, you're able to control what happens in your dream. So a lot of people will do when when they go into the lucid dream state, they'll, you know, fly. Uh, obviously, there's the whole sex thing that people, you know, whatever. Uh, we don't want to hear those details. But but it's you have control over everything. You want to do something big, you can, but you really got to be good at it. You can move buildings, move mountains, make skies change. You ride roller coasters up into space. I mean, all kinds of whatever you can do. But you have to kind of develop the ability. And again, not everyone has the ability to develop the ability. Bear with me. You know, you know what I'm saying. Not everyone will, but a very high percentage. Something like, uh, four, I read somewhere, 45 to 100% of people have some level of an ability to have lucid dreams. And so how do you do it? I mean, wouldn't you love to be able to be conscious and dreaming still in your sleep, but able to be aware that you are dreaming and be able to control that? Trust me, I, I have mildly developed the ability. I've only just started in the last month or so, but I have had lucid dreams and it is amazing. It truly works. It's not dangerous. There are a few don't-dos. We'll talk about those probably on another show, maybe next time. But there, there are a few things you should be aware of if you're going to try lucid dreaming. Uh, not that they will harm you in any way, but they're just 
some general no-nos that you shouldn't do. I mean, I'll just give you one, for example, unless you're really prepared for it. They say you should not look in a mirror in your dream unless you're prepared for what you may see, because what you may see may frighten you. I know, weird, huh? Um, so one of the ways, one of the best ways to begin to develop the ability to have a lucid dream time why? <laughs> Locus Pocus. Hey, welcome, Locus. All right. Um, why? No, you mean why don't look in the mirror or why would you want a lucid dream? Trust me, if you can get this ability going, then uh, you, uh, you will know why because it is absolutely fascinating and amazing to do it if you can. Why not look in the mirror? Uh, because in your dream... Your brain is pulling memories that you have out of your subconscious. That's what dreaming is. It's your brain reorganizing at night when you go into REM sleep. And you can tell I've studied this <laughs> um, a lot. But um, so you don't exactly know what, in some cases, your subconscious is going to pull out of its memory. So when you look in that mirror, what it, you see reflected back may not simply be you. It may be something else or some other version of you in your subconscious memory that it's created. It's just something that they say, unless you are really prepared for it, you shouldn't look in mirrors in your dreams. Now, I don't know, when I get to that point of being really good at controlling it, maybe I'll try and I'll let you know what. But anyway, let's get back to how to do it, because I know people are interested in how to, how to develop the ability. You should keep a dream journal. Now, to do this, when you wake up, when you first wake up in the morning, you know how you, you, you just open your eyes and you remember a bit of what you dreamt about the night before. But here's the weird stats. These are scientific. Within a minute of getting up out of bed, you forget like 60, 70% of what your dream was. Within five minutes five or 10 minutes after you've woken up and gotten out of bed, you've forgotten in, off, in many cases, 100% of what you dreamed of. So by, you know, by an hour later, you'll have no memory of any of your dreams at all. It's just the way your brain organizes things and puts priority on what you remember. So one of the ways is when you first wake up, don't get out of bed, don't even move much, keep a journal a little notepad by your night table and just write down some notes about what it is that you remember that you dreamed. Uh, you know, um, flying through the air, riding a roller coaster in space, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, being the star of a baseball game, hitting a home run or whatever. Just make little notes. They don't have to be big detailed paragraph stories, just little notes about what you dreamt. And then get up, start on with your day because those memories are going to go away. So you've written them down and your best memories are right when you wake up. Um, when you go to sleep at night, take a look at your journal and review what you dreamt. And just take it, just, you're just remembering, reminding yourself what you dreamt. Um, when you go into REM sleep is mostly when you dream. 
REM is rapid eye movement. This is where while you sleep, your eyes are back and forth, back and forth like this, the rapid eye movement. And you have about um, four or five REM cycles every night. The first one's very short. It just lasts about uh, 90, let's see. The first one lasts about 10 minutes. So not very long. But then you go out of REM sleep into regular sleep. And then you have, an, you have up to four or five REM cycles. The longest one, which can be about an hour, happens about six hours into your total night's sleep. So let's say you go to bed at midnight. Within 1, one you're into the first part of REM sleep. It just lasts about 10 minutes. By 6 a.m., you have a final REM cycle, which lasts for about an hour. And that's the one that you can really have some fun with if you're doing this lucid dreaming. Um, Here's one way to encourage yourself to lucid dream. Set an alarm for, say, 6 o'clock. When the alarm goes off, shut off the alarm, stay awake as best you can. Don't move, just, you know, a little bit, shut the alarm off, lay in bed, be aware of your surroundings, but you're still laying in bed, and then try this. This is a little weird, but you have to try it. It works. It works for me. Laying your hand flat on a surface, like the mattress, something like that, and just tap your two fingers. Let's say your, your two fingers here, doing a peace sign. Okay? Just tap your two fingers like you're playing a piano. I know. Bear with me. It's weird. But trust me, it works. It's so cool. You tap your two fingers like that. I can't do this without moving all my fingers. What the hell? And I'm a piano player. Okay. And then slowly just let yourself drift off to sleep while you tap these two fingers. And you're slowly letting yourself go back to sleep. And you're feeling the fingers tapping. And you'll go back into that dream state, but your fingers are moving and you're aware of that. And whatever happens in your precortex, whatever, it actually will encourage your conscious mind to stay awake while the rest of your mind and body goes back to sleep. And you go into a lucid dreaming state. Doesn't work all the time, no promises, but I've found that it has worked more than once. It, it, it's very cool when it happens and you can actually, you realize that you are dreaming, but you're aware that you're dreaming. It's the coolest thing. Freaky, I know. Not harmful, really, in any way. Um, and we'll talk more about this in our next show because there's a few do's and don'ts that you should, you know, it's not gonna, you're not going to get hurt. But um, there are other, other tips you can do. In fact, one, one of the things you can do, I know this, again, this sounds strange, but I do it and it seems to help, is be aware that you are awake. Do something when you're awake, like right now. Obviously, this is not a dream. You're awake. Do something that, for example, biting your tongue. If you bite your tongue, 
you can feel it hurts. I mean, don't really crunch down on your tongue, obviously, but just bite your tongue hard enough so that you get a feeling. You get the feeling, ah, that kind of hurts a little bit. Then when you are in the dream, try biting your tongue. And if it doesn't hurt, you'll realize that you're dreaming. You will be aware that you are dreaming. Again, it's just a little tip, but it's actually helpful. And what also happens is that when you remind yourself during the day that you're awake by, say, biting your tongue, you could, you could count your fingers, you could bite your tongue, you could pull your ear, and then try pulling your ear in the dream. And if there's no feeling there, you realize, oh, okay, that's a dream thing I'm doing. And you become aware. You can see how it connects between when you're awake and when you're dreaming. And your mind kind of plays its own game with those things and says, okay, that doesn't hurt. I must be dreaming. I know this all seems like tinfoil hat stuff, but you have to trust me. And it is the coolest thing. I'm so glad I, I found out about lucid dreaming and uh, I've gotten into it. So it's, it's very cool. Uh, there are videos, YouTube, Facebook watch, you'll find stuff. People have posted a lot of stuff about lucid dreams, do's and don'ts, how to, little tips as to what you can do to encourage yourself to have a lucid dream. Check them out. Uh, we missed a bunch of chats while I was rambling about lucid dreaming, but trust me, we'll talk more about it on the next show because people find it fascinating and I've, I've had some reaction before to it. Um, Misha says, I'm going to go walk today, get something I saw that I took an interest in a 99 cent store yesterday. They're selling the My Arcade NES and SNES controllers for their respective classic consoles for $4.99. That's USD. That's not a bad price. Check my local 99 to see if they sell it there. Well, good luck. I hope you find it. And it's good you get out of the house and move around. Um, yeah, so that's lucid dreaming. Um, again, not everyone can, but the percentage of people who can, if you work on it, you can't just say tonight, I'm going to have a lucid dream. Good night. Go to sleep. And boom, there you go. For some people, it's easier to develop. For other people, it takes a little work. For me, 50-50. It's working sometimes but trust me like i said when it works it is damn cool it's truly amazing i'll tell you about my dreams on the next show uh it's a lot of fun it really really is <clears throat> all right before we get into uh peter pan tonight because we are gonna we're almost we're almost done with uh peter pan we'll be moving on to the little prince coming up uh We'll have that. By the way, if you want to react to anything that we do, you can do that by either putting it in the chat. I'll see that. We'll share it with the audience uh, if they don't see it themselves. Also, you can email. There it goes. What good timing. No pants at jsheldon.com. I read all your emails. I do get your emails. I reply. Comment about stuff we talk about, about your experiences. You want to add something to the show. You want to not talk. You just say, hey, you shouldn't be talking about that or talk more about this. I get your comments. I read them all and I always reply to you. Thank you so much for everybody who has no pants at jsheldon.com. And you can also pick up merchandise. Yes, on twitch.tv in the about section, you click over there and you see it's J. Sheldon, no pants. And you'll find all kinds of merchandise you can you can buy to help support the show. All right. Uh, okay. One. <laughs> the, 
This really applies to what's going on in Malaysia today. I got to share this one thing with you. Socrates said, we always end with a smart ass sort of thing. Smart people learn from everything and everyone. Average people learn from their experiences. Stupid people already have all the answers. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, that old Socrates, he was a thinker. Smart people learn from everything and everyone. So keep that in mind. Average people learn from their experiences and stupid people already have all the answers. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my. All right, folks. It is time. Hurrah. To jump into this, this, <laughs> Peter Pan. Uh, we read books on this show. I know, weird, huh? But that's one of the things that we do, and people seem to enjoy it. I get a lot of reactions from that. Um, we have done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We have done uh, The Velveteen Rabbit and um, Alice in Wonderland. And we are almost at the end of Peter Pan. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Hook has attacked. The pirates have attacked. They've taken all the lost boys. And um, it's uh, Wendy who is in serious trouble now. And when we left last, it was time to rescue Wendy. So we will continue on here. We first want to thank the Gutenberg Project. Gutenberg.org is where you will find all of these public domain books all the classics are there. It's an amazing collection. You'll find them in Word doc format, in ebooks, text files, searchable database of all kinds of great public domain books um, that are available. Gutenberg.org, the Gutenberg Project. Thanks to them. The moon was riding in a cloudy heaven when Peter rose from his tree begirt with weapons and wearing little else to set out upon his perilous quest. It was not such a night as he would have chosen. He'd hoped to fly, keeping not far from the ground so that nothing unwanted would escape his eyes. But in that fitful light, to have flown low would have meant trailing his shadow through the trees, thus disturbing birds and acquainting a watchful woe that he was astir. He regretted now that he had given the birds of the island such strange names that they were very wild and difficult of approach. There was no other course but to press forward in redskin fashion, at which, happily, he was very adept. But in what direction? For he could not be sure that the children had been taken to the ship. A light fall of snow had obliterated all footmarks, and a deathly silence pervaded the island, as if for a space nature stood still in horror of the recent carnage. He had taught the children something of the forest lore that he had himself learned from Tiger Lily and Tinkerbell, and knew that in their dire hour they were not likely to forget it. Slightly, if he had an opportunity, would blaze the trees. For instance, Curly would drop seeds, and Wendy would leave her handkerchief at some important place. 
The morning was needed to search for such guidance, and he could not wait. The upper world had called him, but would give no help. The crocodile passed him, but not another living thing, not a sound, not a movement. And yet he knew well that sudden death might be at the next tree or stalking him from behind. He swore this terrible oath. Hook or me this time. Now he crawled forward like a snake, and again erect he darted across a space on which the moonlight played, one finger on his lips and his dagger at the ready. He was frightfully happy. Chapter 14 The Pirate Ship One green light squinting over Kid's Creek, which is near the mouth of the Pirate River, marked where the brig, the Jolly Roger, lay low in the water. A rackish-looking craft foul to the hull, every beam in her detestable, like ground strewn with mangled feathers. She was the cannibal of the sea, and scarce needed that watchful eye, for she floated immune in the horror of her name. She was wrapped in the blanket of night, through which no sound from her could have reached the shore. There was little sound, and none agreeable save the whirr of the ship's sewing machine, at which Smee sat, ever industrious and obliging, the essence of the commonplace, pathetic Smee. I know not why he was so infinitely pathetic, unless it were because he was so pathetically unaware of it, but even strong men had to turn hastily from looking at him, and more than once on summer evenings he had touched the font of Hook's tears and tears and made it flow. Of this, as of almost everything else, Smee was quite unconscious. A few of the pirates leaned over the bulwarks, drinking in the miasma of the night. Others sprawled by barrels over games of dice and cards, and the exhausted four who had carried the little house lay prone on the deck, where even in their sleep they rolled skillfully to this side or that of Hook's reach, lest he should claw them mechanically in passing. Hook trod the deck in thought. O oh, man unfathomable, it was his hour of triumph. Peter had been removed forever from his path, and all the other boys were in the brig, about to walk the plank. It was his grimmest deed since the days when he had brought barbecue to heel, and knowing as we do how vain a tabernacle is man, could we be surprised that he had now placed the deck unsteadily, bellied out by the winds of his success? But there was no elation in his gait, which kept pace with the action of his somber mind. Hook was profoundly dejected. 
He was often thus while communing with himself on board ship in the quietude of the night. It was because he was so terribly alone. This inscrutable man never felt more alone than when surrounded by his dogs. They were socially inferior to him. Hook was not his true name. To reveal who he really was would even at this date set the country in a blaze. But as those who read between the lines must have already guessed, he had been at a famous public school, and its traditions still clung to him, clung to him like garments, with which, indeed, they are largely concerned. Thus it was offensive to him, even now, to board a ship in the same dress in which he grappled her, and he still adhered to his walk to the school's distinguished slouch, but above all he retained the passion for good form. Good form! However much he may have denigrated, he knew that this is all that really matters. From far within him he heard a creaking as of rusty portals, and through them came a stern tap, 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 like hammering in the night, when one cannot sleep. Have you been in good form today? was their eternal question. Fame, fame, that glittering bauble, it is mine, he cried. It is quite good form to be distinguished at anything, the tap-tap from his school replied. I am the only man whom Barbecue feared, he urged, and Flint feared Barbecue. Barbecue, Flint, what house, came the cutting retort. Most disquieting reflection of all. Was it not bad form to think about good form? His vitals were tortured by this problem. It was a claw within him sharper than the iron one, and as it tore him, the perspiration dripped down his tallow countenance and streaked his doublet. Oft times he drew his sleeve across his face, but there was no damning that trickle. Ah, envy not, Hook. There came to him a presentiment of his early dissolution. It was as if Hook Peter's terrible oath had boarded the ship. Hook felt a gloomy desire to make his dying speech, lest presently there should be no time for it. Better for Hook, he cried, if he had less ambition. It was in his darkest hours only that he referred to himself in the third person. No little children to love me. Strange that he should think of this, which had never troubled him before. Perhaps the sewing machine brought it to his mind. For long he muttered to himself, staring at Smee, who was hemming placidly, under the conviction that all children feared him. Feared him. Feared Smee. There was not a child on board that brig that night who did not already love him. 
he had said horrid things to them and hit them with the palm of her hand, of his hand because he could not hit with his fist. But they had only clung to him the more. Michael had tried on his spectacles. To tell poor Smee that they thought him lovable, Hook itched to do it, but it seemed too brutal. Instead, he revolved this mystery in his mind. Why do they find Smee lovable? He pursued the problem like the sleuth-hound that he was. If Smee was lovable, what was it that made him so? A terrible answer suddenly presented itself. Good form? Had the boatswain's good form without knowing it? Which is the best form of all. He remembered that you have to prove you don't know you have it before you are eligible for pop. With a cry of rage, he raised his iron hand over Smee's head, but he did not tear. What arrested him was this reflection. To claw a man because he is good form, what would that be? bad form. The unhappy hook was as impotent as he was damp, and he fell forward like a cut flower. His dogs, thinking him out of the way for a time, discipline instantly relaxed, and they broke into a Barcanalian dance which brought him to his feet at once, all traces of human weakness gone, as if a bucket of water had passed over him. "'Quiet, you scugs!' he cried, "'or I'll cast anchor in you.' And at once the din was hushed. "'Are all the children chained so they cannot fly away?' "'Aye, aye. Then hoist them up!' The wretched prisoners were dragged from the hold, all except Wendy, and ranged in line in front of him. For a time he seemed unconscious of their presence, he lolled at his ease, humming, not unmelodiously, snatches of a rude song and fingering a pack of cards. Ever and anon the light from his cigar gave a touch of color to his face. Now then, bullies, he said briskly, six of you walk the plank tonight, but I have room for two cabin boys. Which of you is it to be? Don't irritate him unnecessarily, had been Wendy's instructions in the hold. So Toodles stepped forward politely. Toodles hated the idea of signing under such a man, but an instinct told him that it would be prudent to lay the responsibility on an absent person. And, though a somewhat silly boy, he knew that mothers alone are always willing to be the buffer. All children know this about mothers and despise them for it, but make constant use of it. So Toodles explained prudently, You see, sir, I don't think my mother would like me to be a pirate. Would your mother like you to be a pirate, Slightly? He winked at Slightly, who said mournfully, I don't think so as if he wished things had been otherwise. Would your mother like to be a pirate, twin? Mm, I don't think so, said the first twin, as clever as the others. 
Nibs would stow this gab, roared Hook, and the spokesmen were dragged back. You, boy, he said, addressing John, you look as if you had a little pluck in you. Didst ever want to be a pirate, my hearty? Now, John had sometimes experienced this hankering at maths, prep, and he was struck by Hook's picking him out. No, I once thought of calling myself Red-Handed Jack, he said diffidently. And a good name, too. We'll call you that here, bully, if you join. Um, what do you think, Michael? asked John. What would you call me if I join? Michael demanded. Blackbeard Joe. Michael was naturally impressed. What do you think, John? He wanted John to decide, and John wanted him to decide. Shall we still be respectful subjects of the king? John inquired. Through Hook's teeth came the answer. You would have to swear down with the king. Perhaps John had not behaved very well so far, but he shone out now. Then I refuse, he cried, banging the barrel in front of Hook. And I refuse, cried Michael. Rule Britannia, squeaked Curly. The infuriated pirates buffeted them in the mouth, and Hook roared out, Then seals your doom, it does. Bring up their mother, and get the plank ready. There were... They were only boys, and they went white as they saw Jukes and Checo prepare the fatal plank. But they tried to look brave when Wendy was brought up. No words of mine can tell you how Wendy despised those pirates. To the boys there was at least some glamour in the pirate calling, but all that she saw was that the ship had not been tidied for years. There was not a portal on the grimy glass of which you might not have written with your finger, Dirty Pig, and she'd already written on it on several. But as the boys gathered round her, she had no thought, of course, save for them. So, my beauty, said Hook, as if he spoke in syrup, you are to see your children walk the plank. Fine gentleman though he was, the intensity of his communings had soiled his ruff, and suddenly he knew that she was gazing at it. With a hasty gesture he tried to hide it, but it was too late. Are they to die? asked Wendy with a look of such frightful contempt that he nearly fainted. They are! he snarled. Silence all, he called gloatingly, for a mother's last words to her children. At this moment, Wendy was grand. These are my last words, dear boys, she said firmly. I feel that I have a message to you from your real mothers, and it is this. We hope our sons will die like English gentlemen. 
Even the pirates were awed, and Tootles cried out hysterically, "'I am going to do what my mother hopes. What are you to do, Nibs?' "'What my mother hopes. What are you to do, twins?' "'What my mother hopes. John, what are—' But Hook had found his voice again. "'Tire up!' he shouted. It was Smee who tied her to the mast. "'See there, honey,' he whispered. "'I'll save you if you promise to be my mother.' But not even for Smee would she make such a promise. "'I would almost rather have no children at all,' she said disdainfully. It is sad to know that not the boy was looking at her as Smee tied her to the mast. The eyes of all were on the plank, that last little walk they were about to take. They were no longer able to hope that they would walk it manfully, for the capacity to think was gone from them. They could only stare and shiver. Hook smiled on them with his teeth closed and took a step toward Wendy. His intention was to turn her face so she could see the boys walking the plank one by one. But he never reached her. He never heard the cry of anguish he hoped to wring from her. He heard something else instead. It was the terrible tick, tick, tick of the crocodile. And that seems like a good place to leave it. Until next time. <laughs> Peter Pan! Wow. That was a good chapter. Dang cool. <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you so much for uh, sharing part of your night with me or your morning, wherever you may be. Thanks so much. Again, you can subscribe and follow our podcast. We appreciate that. You'll find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spectre. We're on all the places your favorite podcasts are, so please do. And this show itself, our live show, will be up in the next 24 hours. You can also check us out. So, uh, yeah, um, I had a great time tonight. We talked about lots of stuff. Uh, next time, we will continue our talk about lucid dreaming, maybe some UFO stuff, and we'll see what else happens between now and then. Lord only knows what this is going to bring. It's going to be a weird one. All right, guys, again, thanks so much for joining, and I will see you on Saturday night. I'm Jay Sheldon. And I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs>